it's Race Your Fist album, and then there's the horror album, and then yeah. there's the Race Your Fist album, and then so there's the rock and horror. Yeah. yeah, but that is something that is not that much intentional. At least in the beginning, it wasn't. Okay. You know? Yeah. It is. It is just a thing that many of the songs from the Monsterican Dream. They not all of them, but. M- Quite a few of them already existed before Get Heavy, okay. but they were just not chosen for the album right. because when when Asko pretty much was choosing the songs that what should be on the album, then you get this certain uh, package that it feels the feels the album, you know that that it's the style of the album is 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 solid, you know that mm. that you, they, they stay in the same fucking framework, you know. Yeah. And I remember when we were choosing the songs for the Monsterican Dream, there was, well, I dug a hole in the yard for you, which is a completely different song now than it was then. But the only thing that is still the same is I dug a hole in the yard for you. Yeah. That much, that 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 little piece. And I remember that demo being played, and then Asko, the NR, then said, "Well, it's not time for you to." do this yet it's a little bit too different you know if you want to do something different uh then there's a song like like fire in the hole that is different but it fits in the framework and so so already then i remember that i was pushing songs uh that were that didn't make it to get heavy that uh, and also the the songs that i've written for monster and dream that were much heavier much more technical much more king diamondish if you will much more sounding like the songs on uh the 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 demonic side of of monster In 2004, Lordi would release their second album, The Monsterican Dream, bringing in the start of many traditions which exist in a band to this day, such as new costumes for a new era, often new logos, and it also brought a darker lyrical direction for the band. To start this week's episode, we are going to speak to a man that's been a key player in Lordi since the Get Heavy days. That man's Tracy Lip, Lordi's vocal coach and assistant lyricist. From True Metal Podcast, I'm Matthew Kessie, and this is Monsters of Rock, The Lordy Story. You're listening to Episode 4, The Monsterican dream. Tracy Lip's journey into vocal coaching and lyric writing started across the pond in the States, where at the time he was a guitarist and a singer. It started out, uh, I'm originally a guitar player from Los Angeles, and basically what happened was, you know, guitar players that sing make more money. Yeah. And so, for me, um, 
you know, I got lucky because I lived in Los Angeles and I, I was able to take voice lessons from a couple of the, the best vocal coaches. Um, a guy named Bob Rose, and Bob was the vocal coach for like the Beach Boys, for example. And I took lessons from him for a while. And then another guy named Ron Anderson. And Ron Anderson has taught, it seems like, everybody uh, to the point of where, like, his client list did not include names like Bon Jovi and John Travolta because they weren't relevant enough compared to Beyonce okay. and Chris Cornell. You know, I mean, his list is, is crazy. He worked with... Um, he was kind of in charge of the vocal production stuff for American Idol. So he worked with all the Idol winners and, you know, his list is huge. Nice. So, you know, uh, so I learned how to sing from them. Tracy, following this, left the U.S. and headed for Finland. And this is when he became a lyricist. Uh, basically, because I, I came to Finland, because I had met a Finnish girl when I was on tour, and I came to Finland and people just went, um... You speak English. You can write lyrics, I bet. <laughs> you want to try? <laughs> so I'm like, sure. And so, you know, the first thing that I tried was a universal music artist named, in Finland, it was called Tic Tac, and abroad it was called Tic and Tac. Okay. And the first lyric that I wrote got accepted, and... Uh, then they offered me a publishing deal, uh, like a house writer publishing deal, and that started everything uh, as far as like being a songwriter and a lyricist. And then I got to practice a lot because if you want to be a good songwriter, the, the main thing is to write and write and write and write. And so I was writing a lot. When it comes to vocal coaching, however, Tracy also started that part of his occupation with the same band. In Finland, if you sing in English, it might screw your career up in Finland. Okay, uh, nice. Like, well, so like a lot of bands that sing in English in Finland, they're not very successful. So we kept the, we kept the English album secret. That whole record was made in English first. Like the songs were in English and then they were translated into Finnish. And my, my side, uh, writing lyrics in English, um, was secret and then what happened was they were having trouble getting the singer she was only 14 at the time they were having trouble getting her to sing without an accent okay and they'd had three vocal coaches try and then they asked me it's like do you think that you can do this and i'm like i don't know i'm, I'm not a, at that time i wasn't a vocal coach even i was just like you know i, I knew the the technique but uh Basically, I was like, I can try. And when I met the girl, I realized she didn't know anything about singing, so I had to give her voice lessons. And when we went into the first recording session, the thing that ended up happening was the, the producer, like, he was really skeptical. And I've run into that with Lordy also. Like, most of the producers are skeptical at first until they start working, and then they're, then they're happy. Right. But, you know, because they're not used to working with vocal coaches, yeah. uh, with the exception of Michael Wagner. He he was he was easy. You know, it was not a problem because he was used to working with vocal coaches. Yeah. Uh, he knew how to get the most out of me also, which none, none of the other producers really know. OK, um, but uh, I started, uh, you know, we started the first session and and. The producer was like, what have you done? This this girl, this is a different singer. Like, I gave her voice lessons. So we did a couple of takes, 
And then he, he goes, this is really good, but can she do it a little different? And I'm like, hey, Petra, da, 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 da. She goes, okay, and she sings it different. And then immediately he goes, hold on a second. And he calls the record company and says, I want, I want this guy giving lessons to all the girls in the band now. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, and from there, I got a reputation for being able to do that. It was due to this reputation that Lordy's then A&R director, Asko Kalnan, asked Tracy to help Mr. Lordy with vocal coaching and also with the lyrics on Get Heavy. Well, you know, he's he's a really nice, easygoing guy. So my first impression was really like, oh, this guy's really cool, really you know, easy to get along with. Everything is... Yeah, we could try. We could do that. It's really easy to work with them. So my first impression was basically this isn't going to be too hard because, you know, he, he takes direction really well. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he spent we spent uh, at least an hour, though, talking at the beginning of like what Lordy is and what it's supposed to be and what the goals are. So the thing that 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 I believe has, has led to the success of the band is the fact that it, that he understood the brand of Lordy before people were talking about branding bands. And that's, for me, that's, that's what really happened. I, I understood immediately, oh, this is what this is? Okay, this is what we'll do. Tracy, up to this point in Lordy's history, has been a constant presence with the band in the studio, helping them out with lyrics and vocal coaching. But his role with the band has evolved from what it was on those first two albums. Uh, well, it's evolved through the years. At the beginning, my, my job started when they were actually going to the studio. Right. And like the first record, um, what Osco said was, you know, we've got this band, they've got this single out, Would You Love a Monster Man? And, and it's doing well in Finland. But when I showed it to my colleagues in the UK, they went, ah, yeah, this this works in Finland. It might work in Germany, but it doesn't work over here in the UK. Mm. So you need to fix the accent and you need to fix the grammar and the lyrics because it just doesn't work. So my job at the beginning of that was simply go through fix the grammar and with the first recordings it was literally sitting there with with uh with tommy in front of the microphone right and i was right next to the producer being really strict about every sound he was making and we decided you know what type of rock sound do you want to have do you want to sound like you're from seattle do you want to sound like you're from you know some like New York, what what was the deal? And so we we made those kind of choices with everything. Like, there's a lot of ways to say the. You say the, the, you know, there's two right there. Yeah. The, you know, all of these different things. And then I'd have to teach him how to shape his mouth for all of those different sounds. Okay. And that was the first four or five songs. But then we got started getting into, like, well... I haven't had time to finish this song, so maybe you can help write the lyrics on this. And that was how I ended up with a couple of co-writes. Um, I had no co-writes on the second record because all the lyrics were done, which was kind of interesting. So I was just basically correcting grammar. Okay. 
and that's that's kind of and it evolved to where one of the things that I've that I have is the ability to write very quickly and that's coming from the 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 lyric writing technique that I use which is and it's it's something coming out of New York from back in the days of Tim Pan Alley and so there's a method behind the way that that the lyrics are, are put together and then when you couple that with a lot of practice it means that I can write a lyric very quickly right and um that's both good and bad because he's he's come to depend on it. <laughs> He'll be like, yeah, well, okay, so we're gonna sing this song today, and all I have is the chorus. Okay, right. okay. <laughs> so that was the way the third record was. Right. That was it. Ended up being like that, and so I got a lot of co-writes on that record. Yeah. Tracy's role on the Monsterican Dream was to correct the grammar of certain lyrics on the album and to vocally coach Lordy. This album, which was produced by Hilly Hillisma, was released on the 14th of April 2004 in two editions. One was standard, while the other was a special edition, which included Lordy's first official short film, The Kin. Yeah, The Kin. Um, I don't remember what was the initial starting point why we started to do that i uh, it, it is directed by a dear friend of mine lauri yeah and i don't i i don't remember was the idea something that i had that let's do a short film of, of flory i mean a lot of short film or was the, or did the idea or the suggestion come from him i doubt that it's probably from me but i, I uh, but yeah it was a, it was a script and an idea that I that I that I wrote with Lauri, but mainly myself. I I was writing that, mm, and all through the process when when we were writing that, uh, I always gave him references like like hey like in the Evil Dead for example. There's this moment, you know, let's do that. And yeah 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 yeah. And by the by the way, you remember in in in, in Chainsaw Massacre, there's this thing. Yeah, let's do that. And oh yeah yeah yeah. And remember, kind of like kind of like in the ring, there's this moment and that scene. So let's do that. Okay. And nice. Lauri was always like yeah 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 yeah. Cool cool cool. So we filmed it. Uh, had lots of fun. I think it was fucking cool. I mean, even Tracy has a cameo there, and uh, that was the first time we put on the the Monsterican Dream costumes on the, the the masks and shit, and you know, and and uh, I was really happy that we had a good production with that, and and most of the people working on the on the on, on the kin were of obviously the people that I was working on my civil life just just few years before that, you know, yeah. doing the you know, so it was it was really. I was like a fish in the water. That was very much like a really easy and really cool thing for me. While Lordy had fine-tuned his vision for the film with Lowry, unfortunately when it came to the editing side of things, that's when some major issues came to the surface. And Lowry started editing it. And, and when he sent me the... Or came, came over and... He actually lived in the next house to mine right. uh, in Helsinki at that time. And so he came over with the VHS copy of the, of the, of the offline edit and showed me that, yeah, 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 you know, there were some, some changes that I did for the, for the, for the, for the 
script and stuff. And I was like looking at it and my jaw dropped on the floor. And I was like, I didn't know, should I fucking kill him or, or what the hell? What or should I cry or should I just ask him that? Okay, now show the real actual, okay, the fa ha ha funny joke, but show me the real one. And it turns out when we had a really fiery conversation, we was like, what the fuck? You left this out and you left that out and you put something like that in and it doesn't really work. That's, what is this thing about now? This is very turning very strange. And he said, yeah, I don't really understand the genre. I don't really get it. So I'm, I have to do it in a way that I understand what's going on in the film. I said, well, it's a surrealistic, it's a surrealistic horror film. It's 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 an abstract horror film, but it makes sense. But but you have to understand the the time jumps and all that stuff. And as you might know from the kin and from from uh, Dark Floors, I love the films with the with the time is bending. I love. Yeah. That's my thing. I mean, that's my. I love it. And and so it turns out that Lauri, who just you know co-wrote the story with me, and we filmed it together, and he directed the film. Uh, turns out that after he started editing it, 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 then he had the guts to actually tell me that he hasn't watched a single horror film in his life. Oh, and I'm yes. like, what? And he's like, well, I don't, ha- I don't have the nerves. I'm too scared to watch them. I'm like, what? <laughs> Like, what about all these references that I told you about? You know, in the Psycho, you know, in the Shining, you know, in in the Thing. I gave you all these references. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't know any of them. Sorry, but you said you did. Yeah, because I didn't want to look like an idiot when we're talking. Well, well, couldn't you have gone and watched those films? That yeah, I tried, but I didn't get the. I didn't have the nerve. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, another Kita, because Kita is a guy who doesn't like horror. He hasn't yeah. watched any horror films. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, he, so I was like, oh no fucking way. We've done this whole project with the, and you don't know what the fuck you've been doing. And he said, I know. I'm like, oh my, oh fuck. After this coming to Lordy's knowledge, the emphasis of the story in the kin was slightly adapted then to make it more coherent. We saved what was there to be saved because I mean, they, so we did a little bit of a compromise there. So there were there there was a, we put the uh, the emphasis uh, just a little bit more to the to the to the girls, um, the sisters' um, uh, relationship and all that stuff, and with their yeah. mother and all that stuff. But I mean. Um, it's been a while. The, the, it's been a while since the last time I watched it. Yeah. Uh, but 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 I do remember that it, it it's mainly there. But there are some key elements or scenes missing that would you know make it in my book make it more you know understandable the whole okay. whole thing in there. Yeah. But that was just because Lowry poor. Poor bastard. I mean, he did not have the fucking courage to tell me that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. While The Kin didn't exactly end up how Lordy wished it to, the film itself features appearances from all members of Lordy's 2004 Monsterican era lineup. Eamon recounts his involvement in the production here. 
But what I know about the king, I uh, I tell you the story. I remember before the king, uh, uh, we had a conversation. <laughs> conversation. Oh, sorry, makes me laugh. Uh, there was a need for porn magazine, and there was a need for porn pictures. And of course, I can't remember what was the year, but anyway. Uh, we wanted to have uh, sexual pictures and sex, you know, sexual girl, and uh, we wanted to have a porn pictures that no one has ever seen before, just for us. Okay. So how difficult is that? It's impossible. You can go to uh, even 2004, yeah. something. So you can go to uh, online, and you may could have find some. You know, you know, porn pictures, but then you have to ask to permissions and all that shit. I don't know. So uh, at that time, in Finland, there was a girl called Raquel Liecki. Okay. And she was doing uh, pictures and movies and all that kind of thing. And she was the girl that went people in Finland were talking about the sexual life uh, porn stars they were talking about the Raquel Liecki she was like a superstar in Finland right. and so I think it was me or who else who said something like well we need pictures from Raquel and like so how we could do that and she was just having a photo shoot somewhere like a one week ago or something right. with the new new pictures that nobody has ever seen okay. and we were like oh man yeah cool we could have those for our magazine and she was like of course <laughs> and we're like do we have email address yes my email address <laughs> <laughs> i still remember the day she sent me an email imagine porn star is sending an email to you here's my latest pictures for your use only. You can do whatever you want with them. Okay. So of course I was like, oh wow, yeah, let's go. So, <laughs> I think those pictures no one has ever seen anywhere. We printed those pictures to this imaginary uh, magazine that Tracy Lip is reading okay. on, on the Kid movie. And, and I have the magazine, of course, ah, <laughs> in <okay>. my collection. <laughs> Anna, hey, wait up. Yo, hello. How was lunch? Was it it's nice? Fine. Thanks. Um, I'm a bit busy now, though. Uh, Bye. See you. One other person who appears in the film as a key character is Tracy Lip. Yeah, that was fun. You know, it's... Uh... <clears throat> I mean, I did a little bit of acting in Los Angeles simply because it was easy to be in stuff. But, uh, you know, that was the first, like, real thing that I did where I had uh, lines and stuff like that. And it was just, the director was, was great. It was a long day, I remember that. And the the place that we were at was a little bit spooky. There was some stuff that I wasn't used to because I'd, I'd done some plays. And when you're 
on a camera and it's a close-up uh i mean i understood that small little movements make a big difference like uh so like she was yelling at me at one point and i swallowed and the director's like yeah that's awesome do that again i'm like okay <laughs> but uh the thing that was really interesting was you know this this was uh at the beginning kind of of digital stuff in a lot of ways where where normal productions would start using digital uh things and uh so they had to take my picture from a lot of angles and stuff so that they could digitize me okay and that was interesting uh but probably the hardest thing was the scene right before i die when um the the creature and i don't even know like as my character i didn't even know what was happening this creature comes running at me you know and i'm like terrified so i was pretty scared because basically what they did is they took the cameraman and they tied a rope around his waist and then they got three guys and just held the rope and then he ran at me at full speed <laughs> and the camera literally stopped an inch in front of my face every time and they they did five takes like that and i was like what and <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first time i like took two steps back and they're like you can't move you got to stay there and i'm like oh my god this is hard <laughs> <laughs> and and the other thing that i remember was you know when it when it went on tv here in finland my girlfriend at the time she called me up and she's like i hate this you just died i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but it was it was really fun that was um quite a, it was it was really cool and anna was was a really good actress she had had some pretty serious skills i thought With the release of The Monsterican Dream and the two fan-adored singles Blood Red Sandman and My Heaven Is Your Hell, Lordi would go on their largest scale European tour up to that point, as well as performing at European festivals such as Download and Evolution Festival. This album would also unfortunately be the last album for Enri and Kalma. Enri had been one of the key members of the band since Bend Over and Praise the Lord having come to know the band through their mutual love of KISS. Emery is a, she is the sweetest fucking person on the fucking planet. She doesn't want to hurt anybody ever. Nice. But that is, that I, I well then again, I, I haven't met her, I, I don't know her anymore. Um, but that is her choice, not mine. I mean, um, she doesn't want to have anything to do with me or, or the rest of the band. I, you know that has become very clear right. which 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 i feel sad about because i mean she's the only one that i that i feel like that i don't have any any connection anymore and, you know yeah. so every other ex member I, i i am more or less in contact still with and and i could pick up a phone and call and they probably would you know pick up the phone and say hey how are you doing dude yeah, you know? yeah. and with most of the ex members i'm still very good friends even with so So Enori is a completely different, I mean, she was so uh, profoundly hurt that she was kicked out of the band. Okay. Uh, and I, I understand that because she 
couldn't and probably still cannot see the reasons why we had to do that. Like I said, I mean, she is the, and she was, and probably still is the sweetest person you could ever find. She doesn't want to hurt anybody, but that is part of the problem because she is so, or she was so, um, her world is different than we're really in, you know. She didn't see that when, when, when she did something that it would hurt the other people a lot, you know. Okay. Uh, she was very black and white of things. There's no gray area. If something was wrong in her book, it meant to her that the whole world is wrong. You know, that, that, that everybody, else, everybody who thinks differently is an idiot and is a moron and, and there is no room for discussion. You know, she's very, yeah, well, very strict and very black and white. So it, 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 it's, it's not her fault. It's just the way she was, at least, you know. So, so it wasn't anything that, 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 that she did on purpose or we, we didn't do anything on purpose to, to, um, to feel her bad. Yeah, 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 or push her or yeah, urge her to. We didn't try to cry her mad or anything. Yeah. But it was just like normal things. But because, you know, in all honesty, she did have a way of um, thinking that whatever she feels that is right, it is the only right. There's, there's no gray area. And if somebody else likes something else, she would not accept that. And she would not tolerate that. Okay. And, you know, and th those kind of things were, were, the, were, the, were the point where, where you know, it just got to the point where it got actually very, very ugly. That that you have to be you have to be on your toes. What how what do you talk about? What do you do? Because she might get mad. She okay. might get angry. They're walking on the and if she gets yeah, and, and it's like 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 so so she did not let uh, other people be uh, other let other people let. She didn't let the other people be as they are, you know, and, and be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have to hide your, you know, if, if there was something that you dig or like doing or whatever, but if, if, it, if, it, if it was an Enoris blacklist of things, that was a that was a problem. Even though it wouldn't hurt her personally at all. At all. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, she is the sweetest person. Also, like 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 the most helpful and most 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 sweet person that you you could ever meet but then again she had these you know exceptions to the rule and i, I remember that uh, this probably tells a lot about her and this is not like i i, I don't want to put her down in any fucking way in any way but this just tells a lot about how she was and how her personality was i remember having a long heart to heart talk with her about something and then she said that, that I have never apologized or said that I'm sorry to anybody in my life. And I'm like, what? And she said, yeah, because I don't have to. Because I've never done anything that I would have never, ever hurt anybody else. Or I, 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 I haven't had the reason to tell anybody that I'm sorry or the reason to, to apologize to anybody. Because I live my life not hurting anybody else. And that tells so much. Yeah. Yeah. When you and the band decided then to get rid of Enemy out of it, how did she take it? Did she see it coming, or was it a surprise? To no, her? she didn't see it coming. No. Okay. No, it was it was it was hard. It was difficult, and it was like 
It was sad and it was because NRE loved the band. NRE loved being NRE. NRE loved being on stage and NRE loved playing in front of people. And NRE, you know, you know, she was the she was the she was the the member of the band who had you know done the touring already before us. You know, she she was uh, she was for a short period of time she was in Children of Bottom. Yeah, she was in she was already in Synergy, and and you know, so she. She was no rookie. Of course. The rest of the band, we were rookies. Yeah. You know, she was none. But 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 it's uh, and and whenever we went to festivals or something, there was always people that already knew her. Oh my God, in a way, you know, and she knew everybody already. Oh, and everybody knew her. Yeah. But you know, we didn't. You know, she she was already in the in the in the circuits. You know, she was already there. We weren't. Okay. You know. Eamon also notes that the other members in the band felt the same as Lordy, and that the atmosphere was souring. It, it was weird. Okay. <laughs> it was, but it, see, it, it was weird times. I, I, I just, everybody just felt that this is not, she was so different. And I don't know. So, and at the same time, she was so metal that it was weird combination when we went to the uh, festivals or something and she came out of the bus almost every festival somebody knew her like from some metal bands okay. and we didn't know anybody like uh, but everybody knew her and uh, she was like happy but she was something like the atmosphere was really weird later on with her and, and so we didn't feel good about it. Okay. And it was a bit hard to explain to her. I don't know what Tommy ever explained to her. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody felt like we were in the band that this is not just working. And it wasn't like she was a good keyboardist and massive on stage and big yeah. hair and big boobs <laughs> yeah. and everything. So yeah. Good and I don't know. Okay. But yeah, that was uh, that was that that wasn't nice. No. At all. It's never nice. Yeah. And when Kalma left, I still remember I was having my dog. Take, I was walking with my dog and it was raining. And then Tommy calls me. And I'm like, now I have a bad feeling. And I answer him, what the fuck? What, 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 what? And he was like, how you know this is bad? I'm like, now I have a feeling, tell me. Yeah, Kalma just called me and he said that he will leave the band. I'm like, oh my god, and I was like, I think I was, I quit smoking like, I don't know, half a year before that phone call, but somehow I had some cigarettes on my, you know, on my jacket, <laughs> when I was out with my dog, and I, I light up the one cigarette immediately, I'm like, okay, fuck that, yeah. that's bad, and then I got calm, of course, I'm like, dude, what the fuck, yeah. so that's, that's sad. But with Karma, we are still, like, I don't know if we are friends, but we are always happy to see each other, and sometimes we send messages, and, yeah. like, Merry Christmas, whatever, so. Yeah. When it came to Kalma's departure from Lordy, it came down to two choices for him. Lordy or family. And that is where we'll pick up the Lordy story next time where we'll also discuss the arrival of Awa and Ox, 
The Apocalypse, Eurovision and Lordi's feature-length film Dark Floors. I'm Matthew Kessie and Monsters of Rock the Lordy Story is a True Metal Podcast production. I'd like to thank Lordy, Eamon and Tracy Lip for their time, insights and kindness to the show. And please head over to True Metal Podcast's Instagram page to see the photo library for this week's episode.